Good morning. Was it raining when you came in? Or not quite yet? Okay, yeah, finally it rained. This was to be our last Sunday uh, with, at Commons, uh, outdoors at 9 o'clock, but we moved in one week early uh, because, as you saw, the forecast uh, looked like there was going to be rain earlier this morning, so it has finally come. Uh, just so that you know, that 9 a.m. service has now fully moved indoors and will be indoors in the fellowship hall for the time being and for the time to come. So that is just for your information. Also, if you have not had your picture taken yet uh, for the church directory, we would love for you to stay. Maybe not in the garden if it's raining. We'll see. Lindsay will be taking pictures quickly in the garden uh, following this service. Just look for in the parlor. Uh, if you cannot take it today, uh, today is not your camera face day. We will also be here Wednesday, 12 to 2 and 5 to 6 p.m. Uh, this Wednesday. If you or you know of someone, you might pass it on. That Those will be taken then as well. Uh, I want to let you know Phil is on vacation today, uh, but he will be right back to work Tuesday, and I promise you, Gene uh, has a pile waiting for him. So we will soldier on without him this morning. We are glad to have the choir with us this morning, and with all that in mind, let's worship God.
us call ourselves to worship with Psalm 133. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord ordained his blessing, life forevermore. Let's pray. Lord, we come to this place of sanctuary to worship and glorify your name. To you belong all praise and honor and glory. We pray that in our prayer, in our music, in our preaching, in our silence, that you would be glorified. We offer this in your precious name. Amen. Please stand and we'll sing our first If we say we have no sin in our lives, we are only deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And so we confess that sin before God, before one another, 
Please join me in our prayer of confession. It's printed in our bulletin. Lord Jesus, we are humbled to be your brothers and sisters, to be part of your family. Forgive us when we forget that you gave us one another as a gift. Forgive us when we instead view one another as annoyances, impediments, even enemies. You know that when we do this, we are far from you and your purpose for us. Bring us close to you again, we pray. Forgive us and restore our relationships to you and to one another. We pray in your holy name. Amen. Hear again the good news of Jesus Christ. For who is in a position to condemn you? No one but Christ. And Christ came to this earth for you. He lived and died for you. He rose for you. And even now, Jesus Christ is praying for you. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Let's sing to God's glory. As we prepare our hearts and minds to hear God's word, let's pray. Lord God, we have so many voices in our heads. We would pray that in this sacred time of worship, you would silence any voice but your own. Give us ears to hear you and give us hearts to understand. We give you thanks for your holy word to us and it is in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Our first scripture comes to us from Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church. This is chapter 12. Some of the end of it will start to sound familiar to you. Paul writes this, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in every one. To each is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit, to another, faith, by the same spirit, to another, gifts of healing, by the one spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the discernment of spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same spirit, who allots to each one individually, just as the spirit chooses. 
For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. And our second scripture, as we continue our series in those very first chapters of Genesis, we are now at Genesis 2, beginning at verse 15. What has happened is, in Genesis 1, we have almost had um, a galaxy view of creation. The sun, moon, and the stars, the planets flung in their orbits. And then in Genesis 2, we zoom in uh, to one garden, one people, and this is what we read. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may eat freely of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day, that day that you eat of it you shall die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then the Lord God took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh, and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore, a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, I want you to be brave for a moment and raise your hand if you have ever heard this passage, this Genesis passage, at a wedding. How many of you have heard this passage at a wedding? Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Therefore, a man leaves, come on, raise him high. Therefore, a man leaves his family and clings to his wife. Yeah, you've heard it. Have any of you had it at your own wedding? Who can remember? <laughs> well, it is read at many, many weddings. I am here to tell you I have read it at many, many weddings. This at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Therefore, a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife. It is a beautiful reading to hear on the first day of a marriage, full of tenderness and recognition and honoring. And within that tenderness and recognition and honoring, then you are married. 
And then I have often wondered over the years if as the church we should institute a second ceremony that would be on the one year anniversary and we would bring that couple back together and we would read just 12 verses later where Adam is pointing the finger of blame at Eve and Eve is blaming the snake and both are full of fear and shame and the honeymoon is over. We could, we could, start, we could start that. One year in, what would you like to say? But I shouldn't tease like that, should I? I shouldn't tease like that. We should stop, because that is chapter 3 thinking. That's, that's Genesis chapter 3 thinking. Uh, the, the snake and the fruit and the lying and the fall, but it's not yet. That's chapter 3. We're not quite there. We, we don't begin there. We begin at chapter 2. And here in chapter 2, as I said to you before I read it, we get this zoomed-in view of what God has made. We enter a garden in Eden, and it is full of teeming rivers and luscious fruit trees, and we even read that it has onyx and gold, and particularly good gold. I'd be interested to know what that means. It is literally, literally paradise. It is perfect, and one person gets it all to himself, which, it turns out, is the only bad thing about it. We have mentioned several weeks now how the strongest repetition in chapter 1 of of Genesis is good, good, good. God makes light and dark, and it is good. God makes birds and fish, and it is good. God makes trees and mountains, and it is good, good, good. For the first time ever, God has found something he's deemed not good. And it's not the snake, and it's not the temptation, and it's not the lies that will come. No, what is not good is that Adam is alone. God knows it immediately, how not good this is. It is not good for Adam to be alone. And so the parade begins. I, I kind of like to picture it myself, you know, as a parrot to start, you know, Adam, will the parrot do? And no, the parrot does not do. Well, how about some cattle, Adam? And on and on it goes. The, the parade, if you can picture it, it's horses and otters and dolphins and dogs and none of them works. God's gone to all these lengths to ensure that Adam is not alone, and none of it works. And for some of us who are dog lovers, we're thinking, why didn't we not stop at the dogs? But no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The only option left to God is an extreme one, surgery. So he puts Adam under and takes a part of him to create something new, the same and different different and the same. And upon their meeting, recognition is immediate. This is the one to whom I belong. This is the one I need. That's chapter two thinking. Now, sadly, throughout the generations, it has been drowned out, this, this thinking in chapter two, this way of looking at the world, it has been drowned out by chapter three, by what is to come. 
As early as the 300s, uh, Augustine, who's one of the earliest church fathers, this is what he said. He said, uh, sadly, when he read Genesis, he was so upset that God didn't just put two men in the garden and keep it simpler. Why, why, Lord, did you have to add a woman to the mix? And then, many centuries later, John Calvin, a reformer at the heart of our own tradition, he much more open-mindedly wrote, unfortunately, he wrote, woman is a necessary evil in creation. That's better, isn't it? That's better. And we know where they got that. And we know why. And we feel its consequences even today. It's that chapter three creeping in. Because we know what will happen, of course. We, we know that when two become one and then become two and then back to one, we know that they will turn on each other. We know they're going to blame one another. They will fight with one another. They will disappoint one another. They will become filled with fear and with shame. We know it's coming. They're too different from one another for it not to happen. Or perhaps it's because they're too much the same. Whatever it is, once we are not alone, the problems begin. While the terrible sadness of the fall they're about to take in chapter 3, while that can overwhelm us, it can also distract us from what is true. And what is true is that being alone is worse. Being alone is worse than anything chapter 3 can bring. This kind of isolation, this utter isolation, it is what is feared throughout Scripture. It's often the worst punishment that we could receive. Lepers, who we know from Bible times were forced to live in isolation over and over in Scripture. It talks about how the isolation was crueler than the condition itself. And Cain, who will very soon kill his own brother, the great penalty he has to pay for the first murder, the great penalty is he'll be alone. That's the suffering he'll endure. And Job, for his case, he later will write that the worst thing about his suffering is that he's alone in it. It is worse to be alone. It is not good. Chapter 3 is coming, we know it is coming, but we begin at chapter 2, where we are told who we are. We are people who are not meant to be alone. It cannot be any clearer. We could live in paradise. We could have every single thing the way we like it. We could have no one to question us or disagree or annoy no one who looked different from us or voted different from us or stacked the dishwasher different from us, and we would be miserable. We would be miserable. We need one another. In fact, we become ourselves through one another. I recognize myself best when I have best recognized you, and you, me, the sameness and the difference. Which is not always how it feels. 
I know that. It doesn't often feel walking around in our everyday as if, oh, I become my best self because of you. It doesn't feel like that. Because I can guess what has happened in your own life. I can guess what's back in your story because the story is as old as Eden. People have turned on you. They've blamed you. They have disappointed you. And you have done the same to them. Relationships that should have been safe not always were. Bonds that you thought would last forever come to an end. I know this. You know this. Chapter 3 always has its say. It always has its say. But it is not where we begin. We begin at chapter 2 where worse than anything else, it is not good for us to be alone. I read an article the other day, came up in my news feed on my phone, which I should have gotten off of, right? You've probably read similar articles. It was about families who even now are not speaking over the last year or two. And in it was quoted a, a mother and she put it this way, she said, it's as if we've now seen things in each other that we weren't supposed to. But now that we have, we cannot unsee. It's as if we've seen things in each other that we were not supposed to, and now we cannot unsee. That about sums it up, doesn't it? It's been a hard time living with one another. And it is a hard thing to figure out how to not become hard out of it. How do we do that? We are disappointing each other all the time, and there is no way to unsee that disappointment. At best, we start to see other people as a necessary evil, and at worst, we don't want them in the garden at all. So we just shut down block ourselves off, take our marbles, and go home. Except this is our home. Chapter 2 is our home. We know what the future holds. Chapter 3 will always be there, but that's not where we begin. We begin with the simple and the resounding truth that we need each other. We belong to each other. We cannot be ourselves without one another. None of us is a necessary evil. All of us are bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. This is not simply a passage to read at a wedding. This is not simply between two people. This is the story of human life. This is the story of our lives. It is chapter 2. It's where we begin. In a lifetime of things that we can never unsee, may we never, ever unsee this. Amen. As we begin our prayers today, I have two care 
updates for you. Uh, Jean Wilson had surgery on Thursday and she's doing very well. Uh, we will want to include Jean and her husband Mark in our prayers today. And also uh, our former uh, music director, uh, David Hayes, whom many of you will remember, um, a beloved former staff member. He is in the hospital uh, with COVID. Um, he was in the ICU as of yesterday, uh, but then last night was able to move out of the ICU. So uh, I know you would, I would ask that you would keep David uh, in your prayers. He lives in uh, Richardson, Texas now, just for your placement of him. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful that you know us better than we know ourselves. That you know in us that it is not good for us to be alone and you give us as a gift to each other. Help us to know that and to re-know it and re-know it. Help us to live our lives in response to the grace of that gift and help us in our own lives to be a gift to others. As one body here today in worship of your name, we are but one small piece of Christ's body in this world. And as that small piece, we offer our prayers for your world, Lord. We pray for those who are struggling this day, for the families of those in the building complex in southern Florida, for David Hayes, for his family and friends. We pray he grows stronger and his health renews. For Jean, we give thanks for successful surgery, and we pray for her recovery. And we offer to you now, in the silence of our hearts and aloud, particular people and particular situations for whom we now pray. Lord God, we pray even for ourselves, for we cannot take a step without your care. And so we ask that you would instill in us every gift of your spirit that we need for love when it is lacking in us and joy when it is gone and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Lord, we cannot renew these gifts in our own lives. We need your tending and your care. It is in your precious name.
that we offer this prayer and we pray together as you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We do not take up an offering at this time, but there is a basket by the lectern if you would like to give following the service. This music is an offering to the glory of God. This anthem is not the anthem you were supposed to hear today. <laughs> I picked something else, and on Wednesday morning, I changed my mind and uh, had to call Rebecca and say, hold the presses. Um, I want to change this song. So she, she graciously came in and on her day off and fixed the song so you'd have the correct words this morning. Um, the plans I have for you. I love it when choir gets to sing scripture, straight out of the scripture. Um, this is one of our favorites. I was looking, the last time we sang this was, the last time we sang it all together was in February of 2020. Uh, so I think it was one of the very last pieces we sang before we were shut down. Um, and it's so poignant to us. I, I know that this is a, a Jenny's life verse. Um, it's a very important verse. Watch the words as we sing. Oh, and also, uh, the guy that wrote this song is an Arkansan. And uh, we're very proud to have Arkansan composers, Jonathan Adams.
Lord, we offer this music to the glory of your name, and we offer our very lives to the glory of your name as well. We pray that the gifts you have given us, that you would multiply them and use them in our lives. We offer this prayer to you, and together say, Amen. charge you to go out into this world in peace and be of good courage. Show to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. In everything that you do, do it in the name of the Lord. And may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and fill you with his peace, now and forevermore. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you. Please greet one another in his name.
there, I could see it. 